Mary. Mary walks into the glass. She picks up herself. That's really all she had. And she walks straight into that stained glass. And it's, as you may be thinking, it's a risky thing to run into the glass. It's dangerous business. We might find the glass to be cold and hard and just hit it and bounce back. Hurt in our bodies and hurt in our inner selves. Why did we ever think, why did we ever think that the story told on that glass was for anything else than contemplating from a respectful distance? Running into that story is taking a leap. Running into the glass is a risky thing. The glass might break leaving deep cuts all over and a deep sense of loss. Wasn't that glass, that story, supposed to be the unmovable one, the unbreakable and solid horizon? How could it break? And how can I ever stop the bleeding from such so deep wounds? Mary runs into the glass. But she runs into the glass with such humble faith that the glass becomes a mystery that encompasses her. Because she doesn't run against it. She doesn't run or try to run past it towards something beyond. She runs into it, into it, in response to a mystical invitation from this light that shined through it onto her own body and onto her very womb. The glass that Mary runs into is God's revelation. We've been talking about this this semester here in OIC. Stained glass has been our, our theme. And we've been talking about the stories and the symbols that, that often decorate the stained glass of churches. The stories and the symbols that shape our Christian faith. And we've been talking about them as stained glass windows through which the light of Christ shines. And it shines onto us as a community of faith gathered in these spaces. It shines onto our very bodies. And as we've been talking about these past two weeks since we started our Advent season, it shines onto our very skins. Right? It is light that doesn't just project through the stories, but it actually 
goes through them and it is real life that touches us, that touches our skin, that touches who we are in time and in space. Light that actually does something to us. The light of God's revelation, it definitely does something to Mary. It creates life in her very womb. Her body is quite literally transformed by this visitation from God. But I think that there's more to Mary's leap into the glass, into the story, than this offering of her own body to God. There is the offering of Mary's body to God, but there is also the offering of Mary's body and self to God's revelation. And those aren't necessarily the same thing. Unnecessarily. And to explain what I mean, I need to tell you about another story from Mary. We talked last, last week about the angel visiting Mary and, and telling her that she would conceive the Son of God. But for me, this story that I want to share with you today is the story of Mary getting up and walking into the story and into the glass. And again, it is St. Luke who tells us the story. In the chapter 1, the gospel according to Luke, from verses 39 to 56. And I want to read with you. And this is how St. Luke tells the story. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in, the, in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promise to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arms. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel 
remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Before the pregnancy develops, in, in, in the English translation, we, we, we have at that time, in, in the Norwegian, it says uh, after a few days. <laughs> it's, there's a, very, a sense of very short time after the visitation from the angel. So before the pregnancy develops, before Mary starts feeling the changes in her body or the moving of the baby in her womb, before she can hold baby Jesus in her arms, before all of that, Mary gets up and she goes to visit Elizabeth. The angel had told Mary when he announced that she would carry the very son of God in her womb, he had announced and told her that her relative, Elizabeth, was pregnant in her old age. And the angel tells that as part of the story, right? It's part of the story, part of what God was doing. How can this happen, Mary asks. And the angel says, well, it's happening. (laughs) It's happening with Elizabeth already, and it's going to happen with you. So Mary gets up and runs into the story that the angel told her. She goes to visit Elizabeth. And their greeting is marked by the joy of the Spirit. And in this this joyful meeting comes yet another confirmation for Mary that what was happening to her was from God. But what I find most remarkable is not these greetings towards Mary, but it is what Mary does with them. First the angel saying, you who are highly favored. And now Elizabeth saying, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Blessed are you, Mary, who believed. And in response, Mary sings and she sings about what God has done for her. But then she sings about more. She sings about what God has done to her, but then she sings about more. Mary does not get lost in her own experience, in herself, as wonderful and unique as her experience is. But Mary somehow goes beyond. And Mary sings, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Just like that, Mary is not singing about herself anymore. Or not about herself alone. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation 
to generation. This is Mary. She sees how God's acts towards her are a sign of God's redeeming action for all people. And when she does that, she doesn't make her experience less unique and less personal. In a way, she makes it more real. Mary starts by rejoicing that God sees her, that God is mindful of her. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. She rejoices that she is blessed, but she goes from the single to the plural in the same breath of worship and rejoicing. This God who sees her and is mindful of her sees all those who fear him from generation to generation and acts in mighty deeds of redemption and God's deeds of redemption or for the plural, or for those, or for the us, and not just for the me. Mary steps into the glass and becomes part of the story, part of the story through which the light of God shines. But she doesn't do that by focusing on herself, but by offering herself for a story that is about those who need to be shined on and a God who wants to shine on them. The story of the humbled God for the humbled people. Mary becomes a part of this story. Because she's able to do that. And as we look at her story, and she's part of these stained glass windows, isn't she? And we think about how that light shines on us the light of Christ through her story. It is because Mary gives herself not only to God, but to God's revelation. Her experience is an offering to the people of God. Her story becomes our story. And because of that, we are touched We are moved. We are challenged. What does it mean for us 
to walk into the glass. All this time, this semester, we have been talking about these stories, how we look at them, how the light of Christ shines through them onto us, and how that light touches us, how these stories become part of our story, how these stories change who we are. But today, Mary invites us to step into it. And sometimes as we look at these stories of faith, we want to know how they can transform us. But today Mary says, look at how God touching my story is part of God transforming the world. Mary's walking into the glass is an invitation and a challenge that our faith may be in such a way that God touching us is always about God touching all of those who need. That we never disassociate God's touch of love and grace in our life from God's willingness and presence to touch and show grace to all of those lives around us whom God loves. And this story of Mary is a story of the, this mystical merging of the glass and the reality. Because still today, the story isn't done, is it? The lepers are still walking in our streets. The refugees are still sitting in our centers and capsizing in boats. The lonely are still feeling lonely. The cold still makes our bones hurt. <laughs> Sickness still kills, doesn't it? story isn't over. So what does it mean for us to look at these stories? Does it mean just that we stand in that place and hope that that light will warm us a bit in our little corner? Or do we dare to walk into it and speak hope and act hope into the world we live in? Is that light powerful enough to shine even through our stories that we may be a part of it?
one of the things we do as a people of faith, as followers of Christ, is to say that it does. Isn't that why we're a church? Why we gather, why we sing, why we hope and speak our hope, why we care, why we show kindness. Because if we believe that the story of the darkness into which the light came hasn't ended, we also believe that the strength of the light has not diminished and is here today. And so what we take in, we take that it might not be ours alone, <laughs> mine alone, <laughs> but that it might be ours. And as I was thinking about this this week, and I was thinking about what we will do now in the end of, or next in the service, which is to share in the Eucharist and the Holy Communion. I was thinking about what does it mean take in the body of Christ as a community of faith. Is it only about what I take into myself? Or is it about Christ's presence in the world through Christ's presence in us? And there's something profound about us doing this together. That when we take the body and the blood, when we take the bread and the wine, we take Christ as a community of faith and step into the story that step into ours. You receive it in faith. You receive it in reality. And you receive it in sharing and in community. We sing these stories and we tell them. We eat this bread and drink this wine. We carry these Bibles and we carry these crosses. Do we walk into it? What are these stories for us? The unmovable glass that we look at from a respectful distance.
but never dare come close. Or the fragile glass that we dare not come close because we're afraid it's going to break and we're going to lose our grounding. Or is it the story we engage with or embraced by and learn to love by? Mary. Mary says so little in the scriptures. But every year, she teaches me so much. My prayer is that we may do as Mary. That we may give ourselves, open ourselves to God's visitation. And then offer that encounter as a part of the story for those around us. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you that you may know that he is gracious towards you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and may he bring you peace. So go and that peace, the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ and serve the Lord and serve each other and serve the world joyfully.